Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we're changing gears. We're going to go a little bit into electric vehicles. We don't always do this, but every now and then, you know, we take a look at, hey, what's like lighting, but kind of similar sales process and same customer type. And maybe we should sell it. Maybe we shouldn't. But we take a quick look at it. So today, it's again, we're back to electric vehicle charging stations and a couple other things with Mark Marmer, who owns a contracting company called Signature Electric, and he was nice enough to come in studio. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Keystone, Keystone Technologies, Tech. man. Come on, man. KeystoneTech.com. K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. I forget when you point at the screen that sometimes you're pointing at me, sometimes you're pointing at the audience. That one was the audience. Sorry about that. That's okay. You <laughs> came go. in hot. <laughs> so here is what we're doing. Uh, they're washed down LED high bay fixture. So it's IP69K rated, which is wet location for high pressure cleaning, ETL sanitation listed, NSF, ANSI standard two, food equipment, splash zone, and non-food zone. A real unique, sleek looking fixture you can probably see on the screen. It has a six foot cord that comes with it, and it has a loop ring bolt on it uh, that makes it easy to mount. A lot of times in these applications where it's food processing, where you need a spray down, uh, is currently an HID fixture that I've seen a lot of times that's um, pendant mounted. And sometimes you have different ceilings you have to deal with. So you can't really slam a couple of gripples and put a four foot fixture. And you might need this round guy in this case. And, and you it's know a you, perfect application for it. You don't, want, you, don't want to be, you don't want to be opening the fixture to install it. Exactly. You need it all in case. And that's what this thing is. So go to keystonetech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. Light made easy, baby. And of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's N-A-I-L-D.org. Give Sarah a call. Join Nailed. And finally, right now, we got Mark Marmer talking about electric vehicle charging stations. Hope you like it. Welcome to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, Mark Marmer. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Say hi to Greg Eric in hey, Minnesota. Hey, Greg, how are you? How's, what's the weather like hi. in Minnesota? It's warm today, but doing good. How about you guys? Very good, thanks. Uh, you know what? He's, trying to, he's already trying to take over the show. Oh, see? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was always the first question you ask. Yeah, right. So it's interesting. I was at Mark's office the other day, Greg, and we were talking about you know shows. He does a show, uh, like a YouTube channel kind of newslettery thing that he does. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But I was leaving, and... Uh, I, we were talking about lighting. He's like, I hate lighting because it's not complicated enough. And that's <laughs> how we finished. And uh, so Mark is more into the um, sort of uh, value added energy and energy efficiency for condominiums, of which lighting is a part. Is that correct? Mark? Absolutely. Uh, the, you're correct. The, the idea that we would go in and, and change out a T12 lamp and put in an LED lamp. It's just so kind of low end for us. It, it It's not something we can easily compete in. And it's it's just, again, not that interesting. How it's, dare you? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he it should be so it. pleased that I'm not stepping on your toes. That's all. <laughs> so, that's a, yeah, that's interesting, though, to say it's not complicated because I hear a lot of people that say it is. You know, and, and obviously what you're getting into is a lot more advanced than that, but it's, the it's problem is the problem is the end piece. The end piece is somebody goes in, unscrews a lamp, puts in another lamp. You got to have very kind of a certain type of labor available for that. And the guys that mm -hmm. work for me, this is just not a, a. They're not in the right price range, and they're not. This is not what they're doing. Doesn't interest them. 
So you're when you're so are you like full design like a design build contractor? So you design a system for an existing building, say for electric vehicle charging stations. Yeah, yeah. You go in there, you design it, you lay it out for them, and then you implement it. A hundred percent. So we're we're beginning to end. So a lot of times it starts with might start with education. Usually starts with a phone call, right? Mm. Uh, hi, I'm, somebody came to my office and something, something electric vehicle, and they don't have no clue what to do. They're a property manager and they want to be led through. So we'll start them, usually have a brief conversation with them on the phone and they're, they're lost even in the conversation. And then we'll step them through the pieces, load evaluation, site assessment. Maybe it needs a meeting with the board at that point. Once we get it, hopefully if it'll work into, it'll be a PO for a, a decent job. Then now it's... Uh, infrastructure panels and uh, panels, breakers, transformers, the actual chargers themselves. We have our own branded charger. And then there's a there's a whole back end to it uh, in terms of uh, communication and the communication link. So for us, it's it's beginning to end. And, and uh, you know, something there's something in it for us each way along the way. And uh, the customers tend to be wanting to be led down that, that path that, you, in fact, the path is the path that you made. And they're being led down the path. Mm. So it's like, and they're happy. They're, what's the next step? That's what I hear. What's the next step? And I thought, wow, a year ago there were no steps, and now they're they're wanting to know what the next step is. Well, you're kind of charting your own course. You know, you know what's interesting, Greg? Um, when you think about the what you do every day, you're, and what what Mark does every day, and what I do, there's kind of like this reversion back to design build contracting, and it's interesting because. The pyramids were design-build contractors. The Parthenon was a design-build contractor. And then we went to this model of specify and bid. You know, for a lot of years, there was like an engineer would specify something and then, in, and then electrical contractors would bid it. But we're starting to see the erosion of that model as um, <clears throat> existing, the existing real estate, in, you know, that we have in North America needs to be upgraded with these various energy efficiency technologies, you know. So in the past, if it's a new build, you have an engineering firm that would design it and then contractors would bid it. But there's this new emerging market, which is wonderful, which is design build. Did you stumble across this on your own or did you look at the model and decide, you know what, I can slowly, incrementally, I need to design this. I can lay this out. There's no point in having an engineer or a specifier. It's better signature just does it. Is that, is that how it started? How did, tell me how it started. I, I'll tell you how it started and then remind me to come back to the engineer piece for a minute and the, and the, and the design build sure. or, the, or the new builds. So we were already working in the condo space. These were our customers. We're a service contractor. We've been doing work for years. So whatever somebody needed in a condo, we wanted to be able to take care of it for them. It was something electrical, even sometimes not exactly electrical. And then we got into about seven years ago into the sort of the EV space where we were doing um, EVs. We were actually even starting to do EVs for in, in houses, which is something I didn't want to do because we didn't do any residential and it didn't turn my crank. And in fact, my... Uh, my media team said, you know what, this sounds like it might be interesting. Why don't we just give it a try? Let's just do a little bit of it. And we started and it was one a month and one every two months. And little by little, we developed more and more relationships and we were doing more more EVs in general. And suddenly I became the EV in the condo, figure out how to make it right thing. And we we actually built, a, we designed and built our own panel before we had this network communication. And once we had the network and we dropped the panel and it was actually just taking it out of our feed was a whole job. And, and you know, whatever is the latest cutting-edge solution, the idea that we maybe needed our own branded charger that would match the colors, the, the white would match, the, again, with the whites, the white would match the colors in the, in the wall, all these little bits and pieces that it would be small enough to fit in spaces. So 
it, it sort of came about a, just as like everything else as a, a sort of a means to serve our customers' needs and uh, and answer whatever questions and, and uh, that they had and whatever they needed. So tell me about the engineering piece. So the funny thing is that we do get this now. So now it's a new build. You're a you're a developer, and you have a re- either number one. You may have a responsibility to put twenty uh, spaces because the law in Toronto says that you got to put twenty spaces in. But you're getting the idea that. This is a good thing, this EV thing in the in the condos, and and uh, you know I think it's going to add value for our building. And the the wording in the law is kind of sketchy. I don't get what is what does it mean that it's got to be a make ready spot or whatever the case is. So in fact, these companies and these engineers are calling us for advice. Tell us how the best way to do this is because there's a whole rub of we we'd love to see you do everything. Let's have a. a 300 spaces with uh, chargers on them. That sounds like a really cool thing until you actually get in front of the developer and you find out from the developer that they have no intention of spending this much money. They need needs to be way less. And, and then you speak to the engineer and the engineer goes, oh, I can't make the service that big. So you have to find imaginative ways and they're looking to us for advice. So that's something that we'll offer. We'll, we may charge for that our time if we're consulting, which is perfectly fine. And it and a lot of times it turns into the building does get built with the electrical contract that did it. And then we're in at the end to do the implementation, put in, put the charger on the wall, get it connected. So, you know, little by little, it's not that simple. And even, even sometimes we'll get a uh, condo that will say, well, you know, I get everything. I get an engineer for everything else. If I need new windows, I... Hire an engineer, he specifies the windows. We get three, four, five window companies in here and we get ourselves a price and pick the price and we're away to the races. You would see what happens when this happens with EVs. I realize that the engineer doesn't understand enough to be able to put a specification. They make the specification so loose that they end up with five or six different quotes and none of them, a lot of them don't make sense. And it, it a lot of times they're back to where we, they were with us except they've spent $10,000 with an engineer. So, which is, I mean, to me, it's up to them, however they manage it. So mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting it's a new space like this. Are the EV or the demand for EV pushed by the customer's wants and needs, or is it pushed by, you mentioned Toronto requires them to have 20. Do people actually want this and see the value, or are they just doing it because they have to? Uh, there's a combination. First of all, the best thing that happened for us in this space was a change to the Condominium Act. And the Condominium Act came just before the Liberal government uh, left, and they left a little nice legacy for us that said, if I make a certain application a certain way as a resident in a condo, you have 60 days to respond. And really, the way it was worded, the response can't be no. So that put a little power back into the residents. Before that, the residents would go, they could be forever and never, ever get an answer, and there was nothing pushing the boards. That being said, I have to tell you that boards are... Um, way more receptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, they understand. They're now as as soon as sort of the Model Three hit the road, and suddenly you woke up in the morning and oh geez, what are all these cars doing out here? And they're saying, well, maybe this is a real thing now, and maybe we would respond. I just did a condo downtown. We put eleven chargers in. How many EVs? One EV. The other ten people saw value in having it in their spot. Pay to pay five or six thousand dollars to have it in their spot, so they could hold it, so that when when the next person moved in. And when they went to sell their unit, the value add was way more than that. So I and, and I was blown away. And that's really hang on. Very so you're recent. talking about a value add for the unit owner, absolutely that owns the spot. Isn't that interesting, Greg? Think uh, about, think about think about the condo, right? The condo cost I don't know. It was downtown on Front Street. It cost a million dollars. K to eight hundred thousand. I don't know. 
as a percentage. Real estate, it's out of control in Toronto, by the way, Greg. But this is all Canadian all dollars Canadian. for all our American listeners, so it's probably like five bucks. No, <laughs> just uh, hit it with 0. 0.70 and you'll have the US dollar value for these things. But so you're looking at it from, so the payback for the condo board as a whole, is there a, is there a, is there a real estate value increase here of, that we're talking of about? Course, uh, a saleability. So when you go to look for your condo, you say, I'm looking for a condo that has a swimming pool because I want to swim. I want a gym. I want a rock climbing wall. I want a bowling alley. I don't know what you want in your condo. But you might want EV charging in your condo. And if it did, it may make this condo, which is sister to this one, suddenly more valuable or even just more saleable. Right? These these people, if you want, if you came today and said, I want to find a place that's got an EV charger in my space already, I'm telling you, you literally won't find it. There's 10 of them down on Front Street, but other than that, it would be almost impossible to find. Almost impossible. So what value does that add? How and we get calls in our office about can you send me here? Can you send me there? I know there was a call a couple of days ago when we referred to people to a couple of places. This is even better that it's EV ready or we're EV open to ideas. That's mm. one thing. But that the charger's literally in my spot, and all I got to do is pull into this space and plug in. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Hmm. Now, is this uh, the case in other markets as well? I assume it's it has to. Be. You're based in Toronto, but is there uh, is it stronger in Canada than U.S.? Is it stronger in Toronto than Montreal? Is it? It's stronger you know, in certain places region. for different reasons. So we serve. We serve the market not just in the Toronto area, but we're national. So we serve other areas as well, not necessarily for this, but for other kinds of EV charging. So if you had a particular project that you wanted done in Vancouver or you wanted it done in Quebec City, we could assist you with that. So the, we have uh, partners in place to assist with that because of this sort of expertise sort of moves along. Uh, if you were to go out to BC, we're very green in BC. We ex we elect green governments. We have a way more green attitude. They're way more earthy there and things move uh move much more quickly and easily here. We have a little bit of resistance with the existing government we have, but uh, things can change. Uh, if you went to Quebec, they have a ton of electricity in Quebec. Mm -hmm. EV charging is a very big thing because electricity is a very big thing in Quebec. So some of it is regional. You know, we're out in Saskatchewan, uh, you know, sort of in the, the prairies, we're, we're, we're very spread out. But little by little, as the cars start to make their way through or other vehicles, uh, you're, you're going to see uh, a change in an uptake. It's interesting because, you know, electric vehicles is one of the, so I, I bought, I've had two hybrid vehicles in my life. I never owned an EV. Uh -huh. And I used to be very, uh, when I was younger, I used to want to be like an early adopter and I got burned all the time. But are we still in the early adopter phase of electric vehicles? It feels like it. I think, sense. I don't think we are. I think the problem at the moment is sort of a mental piece. We've been doing gasoline or whatever you want to call it, diesel. We've been doing those cars for 100 years now. We're very sold in. We very we understand how to do that. We have uh, we have a whole, not just the buyers, but the, but the manufacturers have a whole way of selling these cars and dealing with it. And it's all working beautifully for them. And they sell tons and tons of cars. And this is very disruptive for them. So unless you happen to be Tesla, who's the only, you know, has nothing to sell you but electric cars, it's a little bit of a, it's quite a change. I shouldn't say a little bit. It's, a, it's quite a change. And we don't have a full, first of all, we don't, certainly in Canada, we don't have availability of electric vehicles. It's hard to come by them. Uh, they're not easy. They're not easily available yet. They're not, all kinds are not available. Trucks are not available yet. Trucks are a giant market. And then there's the other piece. 
I don't see any chargers, right? You, you say to me, I don't, I don't get it. Where are you charging these things? Because I don't see any chargers on the road. And to some extent, I could go into detail about maybe you're doing charging at home or whatever the case is, but we need to have a little bit more visibility of that and it'll start to become obvious. And the conversations I'm still having a lot of times are very basic, the kinds of questions people are asking. So I realize they haven't quite got it yet, but it's hard. It's a big, big shift to trying to turn around and people's heads. They've been doing something a certain way for a very long time. But there's there's no way. I mean, there's no way we will continue with gasoline vehicles. It, it it's completely it's completely senseless. It doesn't. It's far far too complicated. Uh, let alone the the fact that we're putting something out into the air that I'm sure we don't want to breathe. I mean, uh, that's almost secondary. The 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 car, the electric vehicle is itself is just such a simple and excellent performing vehicle that. If if we were starting from the from the starting line, and we had lithium batteries, it, nobody in their right mind would have taken something with a transmission and flywheels and exhausts and oil changes. I mean, we just if I tried to sell it to you, you you'd look at me like I was out of my mind. Do you drive? I thought you wanted vehicle? complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that earlier? <laughs> well, electric. I, I drive. I drive. Uh, we have. I own three three electric vehicles. So I drive a Model S. My wife has got a Tesla Model Three, and uh, we have a Nissan Leaf at the business. Yeah, I drive a Chevy Suburban. How about you, Greg? <laughs> well, the problem is that if you you've liked the Suburban, you can't find right now an electric car in that in in that shape. I had a Tahoe Hybrid. Okay, and uh, that was my first tr- uh, first truck I bought was a Tahoe Hybrid, but it had a lot of problems with it because the uh, braking, they had the regenerative braking which yep. charged the battery, and man, when that thing needed to be fixed, look out, buddy. Yeah, uh, you know you've got the worst of both worlds. I told him to keep the car, and I got a new one <laughs> that wasn't hybrid. You know, yeah, you've got the worst of both worlds. You've got yeah, the, the yeah. whole gasoline engine system to take care of, and now an, an electric system yeah, as well. So, drivetrain. You know. So you're talking about a paradigm shift, is what you're talking about. You're saying people have to get the internal combustion engine out of their heads and they have to, we have to switch our society. I think, I think we're going to be at very low penetration for another couple decades with this. Absolutely. No, no chance. Really? I mean, you're, first of all, when you ask me to look, these kind of things happen all the time to me. First of all, a couple of decades, you need to go back a couple of decades. I started in business 32 years ago you understand there were no computers. We used carbon paper in our office to type up our invoices on a typewriter. That was only 32 years ago. And you're telling me to look ahead 20 years and you think we'll still be... I think in 20 years, if we were at 50% penetration, that would be an absolutely incredible accomplishment. First of all, I'm an old guy. 20 years. I'm an old guy, but I'll bet you in 20 years... You'll be making a man cave out of your garage and you'll be putting grass where your driveway used to be because the idea of you owning a car is so idiotic to just to be able to get around from place to place that it didn't make any sense to anybody. That's 20 years is an enormous time. The things are moving so fast. Let's, let's wait for a real 5G. And so here's the thing. So like the reality is, is like, when does Greg reach forward and climb through that screen? Let, let Greg do it. <laughs> Greg. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, you know, so the idea, no, seriously, like when does yeah. the virtual reality or the augmented reality. So for example, like I do, uh, I have multiple business interests, uh, you know, around North America. So I spend a lot of time in virtual meetings mm-hmm. like this. Yep. Where somebody's sitting with a headset and on. And I think. 
my children, when they're in my position as a, an entrepreneur or somebody that's trying to get something done at the age of 42, it's my oldest is 16 right now. Mm -hmm. The idea of putting a headset on and looking at a screen and connecting, that's what's going to be gone. I don't think that, I think the vehicle will still be in the driveway. I don't think you're going to be paving any grasses. I just think not, you're not going to need to go so places so much. I don't know, Greg, am I going crazy again here? Yeah, it's hard to imagine. I know that, you know, that's a long ways, even though it seems short term, it's a long ways away, but I feel like it's going to be hard to just get rid of the car altogether and the gasoline powered car as well. I don't know if you're talking but. about Greg, Greg on the screen or the car, but no, it's imagine, the same thing. imagine, no, imagine Greg, imagine Greg, you're not letting your mind be moved far enough. You're talking at a very, very simple, basic level. Watch it. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine what's, what's truly the set case that Greg looks through the screen, teaches a class on something and the computer can recognize in each of those people just by looking at their face to know whether they're understanding Greg and whether Greg's student needs some help. The computer figured this out because it has enough intelligence, artificial intelligence, to be able to figure that out. You, he couldn't figure it out before because he couldn't tell by looking at the person. There's no such thing as artificial intelligence. There only is intelligence. That's it. Yep. It's not going to be fake. It'll be the idea. I'm I'm calling it right now. Yeah, it's like the that what I had a scientist on my my uh, pod lighting podcast that came on the show, and we're talking about artificial light. There's no such thing as artificial light. There's only electric light and natural light. That's it. They're not neither one is artificial. And so this idea of artificial intelligence is the wrong idea. It's not that that's the paradigm. You had your head that this is not going to be fake intelligence. It's going to be real intelligence, which is superior to human intelligence. Agreed. So this idea artificial, I think this is just a way we're we're describing. Yeah, it so but it's people the wrong way to describe it. But they're not but, understanding it. It's like no, the, it's like right. the term light pollution. Light pollution is a real thing. It's not a simile for. It's like light can be polluted like way. It's actually light pollution is an actual thing, right? It's not artificial light pollution. Yep. You know, it's actually light pollution. It's actually you know a carbon dioxide is a real thing. We don't want too much of it in our atmosphere. So electric vehicles. I don't agree with you. I think that the driveway is still going to be there. I think the car is probably going to drive itself. And the vehicle is going to have an electric drivetrain. And I still think people are going to want to go places. So you own a car. First of all, we're just, we're just playing what I call um, crystal ball. Which Let's is fine. It. I it's love great. I, I have. I have. You can I, look into my head if you yeah, want. There's a crystal ball right it's, there. It's the best. It's the best part of uh, every time I go to talk. The little crystal ball questions at the end are the most sure. fun because I don't. I, I don't. I know a little bit, but I don't know. In the end, I really don't know for sure, sure. what's going to be in twenty years. But you own a car for a reason. You want to be able to get. You're willing to pay twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year because when you want to get in the car and you want to go somewhere, you want to go whenever you want to go. You want to go in comfort and. And if you want to carry something with you or whatever it is, that's what you want. You want it to be simple and easy, and you're willing to pay a premium to have that happen. You're not waiting. don't want to wait for a taxi. You don't want to stand and wait for a bus. You don't want to figure out how to get the last mile from the bus to, to here when you come in. It's very important to you, and, that, and you make enough money, and you can manage to do it good for you. If I could replicate that for you, you just stepped out anytime, anytime in front of here. Something would come and pick you up privately, take you to where you want to be. You finished when you stepped out of the next place, the same exact experience would happen. You don't have to worry about taking care of a car or whatever. Uh, you're you're in comfort. If it took two or three of your friends with you, that's what you wanted to get picked up along the whatever. If it could sort of replicate it, you really want to drive that. That's turning your crank, being on the DVP, 
and crawling oh, along. Oh, buddy, as soon as they have self-driving cars, I'm going to be the first dude to get one of those. Like, I don't so want to drive imagine, at all. Imagine I want to sit in the back of my car and do work, sleep. Right. Um, like, I'm serious. I don't know about you, Greg, but I don't want to drive at all. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah. No, if, I, if somebody would drive me around, I'll take it. Yeah. How about not own the Safely. car? How about not own the car? How you know what? That, these are all these models, like you said, crystal ball models you throw out there. I think I think the idea of uh, uh, electric Uberization of our society. Right. Okay. So, for example, we ran out of coffee on Sunday morning. So my wife ordered two coffees on Uber Eats for six bucks. Don't even get me started. Like that, I said, <laughs> did you actually just do the doorbell rings and there's the guy's hands there and hands us two coffees? I thought this is insane. We have to whole, have a whole discussion at some point about that guy with his two hands and the coffees and his life, but that'll be maybe another time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I think this is actually, I think the model you're talking about is actually a further separation from the middle class and the rich. This is another matter. The fact that we are having all these very high tech and, and cool jobs at this end and then your Uber Eats guy at this end sure. and not a lot in the middle. Yeah. This is this is not a small problem. No, and it's a I, huge problem. I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's a huge problem. So I, I think that a lot of these like you, what you're going to see is a greater separation as technology for the adopters for the people that are on the front end for, you know, this type of communication, virtual reality uh, or uh, you know, augmented reality, all these things that are come up. You're going to see you're going to see an increase in in that in that the chasm between and then you're going to have social unrest with it. So we want to make a paradigm that is allows sort of the democratization of this technology. But we're deep above the scope of the Get a Grip on Lightning podcast. For sure. I, I, that I mean, one. you picked up something important, but it's it's not it's not, it's not a simple answer. But this is why these discussions have to go on, I think, because you look at, and the other thing too, like with, with electric vehicles and with these other types of charge, like a battery powered charge, like lithium batteries, mm-hmm. on, on, that you see them, there's people that are doing this right now where at the back of a factory, you got like this transport truck trailer type of thing happening with battery packs inside of it. Okay. That are powering, uh, that are they're used uh, during peak load times and all this sort of stuff. Another whole discussion yeah dude i mean well, there's a lot this of is this a big on. part this is a part of our business right is it too as well you, well you guys... the the imagine all kinds of confluences can happen we have a, a supplier here in uh in scarborough that takes these batteries puts them together with level three charging so that we can have a smaller feed feed the batteries still be able to feed the car because the feed, the big feed coming to the to the charger that's a that's a, a problem so all but these... technically, let me ask you. So you have that's a technical question, Greg. And here's the kind of a better angle for for our show. You have a a, a garage with 300 car parking spaces in it. Yep. Okay. Those chargers, they got to use what? Uh, like they're like forklift chargers, right? Boom. No, not quite that big. Seven something kilowatts. Seven point two. Seven point six kilowatts. Yeah, seven point two kilowatts. A heck, of a lot of electricity. Absolutely. No. Right. No, so you need, no does every building need need a new substation in it? Well, you've got that's the that is you just asked the exact job that I do every day. So first of all, how can we share that load? We have all night to charge these cars. I don't have to charge them all at the exact same time. Can I add some intelligence in, which is what we're doing, to manage to have way more cars charging overnight so that, you know, some people come here, some people come there. How can I take advantage of that opportunity? This is you're describing exactly what we do. Will I hit a wall at some point where I just can't stretch it anymore, and it's starting to be a problem. I haven't got you charged in the morning. Uh, yeah, I probably will. It depends on the size of the service in your building. It's something we assess. We'll see what's going. I think that so, probably not increasing the service, but maybe the batteries might be something that'll happen. I think we're a bit away from this yet, and I also don't know the rest of the. Going back to the first piece of the conversation we had, 
Maybe it'll turn out that we don't need all these cars. So you're a design, build, software engineering company. Well, we don't always, we don't necessarily do everything in-house. We'll partner with people for But you have your own system then you're building. Like there's a signature electric system. I the think. charger is a charger. We don't, no, but we mean, don't build the, idea, the chargers. But how you implement it into the build? That's 100%. Like everything the way our, it's implemented into the building is a signature electric system. Everything at our, at our, everything at signature electric has a system. Everything from the, the moment that you make a phone call for a service call that your bathroom light's not working or that. No, or, but or, cut, cut the advertorial. What I'm saying is that you have a way that you go about um, implementing these charging systems that yeah. is unique to signature electric. Correct. That's so interesting because uh, I, think the, I think the world, the problems in the world that we have right now, whether it be like, you know, another example of this, Greg, in the lighting world would be like IoT, the implementation of smart lighting systems. Mm-hmm. You know, from the, from the streets, you, we listen to a lot of times on the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast, mm-hmm. we'll have someone will come on and they'll tell us about this smart switch or they'll tell us about something else that they've come up with and right. they'll say, you know, something. It's like, that's, that's not a system. That's not solving any problems. What you've created is a device that has a computer chip in it, say, right? right? Or and then maybe some sensors, some occupancy sensors on it, or some way to connect to a to your device. Nobody wants to walk into their room at home or walk into the mechanical room at their shop and open up a phone to turn on their lights, right? They want they, they that's not what they want. They want a system that actually makes their life easier. It should just say, happen. It, well, that, exactly right. So, Greg. What would you like? Are, when you're doing these lighting systems, are you doing the same thing he's doing with lighting? In that there's a there's a way that Premier Lighting handles a certain lighting problem that nobody else does it that way. I don't know that I can say that. I was trying to think of that, and and you know the the nice thing about it from your standpoint is that it locks you in, and now they have to go to you and say, okay, Signature did it this way, and they're the ones that know it. You know, it's uh, not a, not a secret. Light. If somebody can figure it out, feel yeah. free. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and lighting, I think, has been trying to do that, and they're doing it more now, now so than ever, is trying to get their specific item locked in, even though it's difficult to do. So I can't say from Premier Lighting standpoint that we do that. For certain manufacturers do that, and with, you know, LED built-in fixtures, you have to get their products or their drivers. You know, we've talked about the fit and the different lighting that goes into those fixtures, so that's a unique way to go. So you, you, you want it complicated so that it keeps you locked in, going Can back ask- to what you started with. Can I ask a lighting question? Or of course, good? yeah, sure. Okay, so yeah. I go I go into a beautiful house, a fifteen thousand square foot house, and I say, "Can we turn the stop lights? bragging about your home?" <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely not my house. Definitely not mine. And I say, "Can I turn the lights on in this room?" They go, "Oh, hang on a minute." They don't quite know how to push the button because yeah, yeah. they bought some massive system that's got a giant don't black box in the in the basement. They bought it from somebody else, and they don't even even understand how to use the system. Or no. worse yet, the person that made the system doesn't not, understand it either, or are not in business anymore, or the software is not supported. Yeah, no. yeah this is a, this mm-hmm. is, I think, okay. a challenge in terms so, of way. And how much better was it than a single pole switch at ninety eight? Or cents? well, here's the thing. Or never mind that. Never mind the single pole switch. I have a system that I do, but it's it, the problem. So, lighting controls peaked with. Uh, Passive infrared occupancy sensors, okay, and ultrasonic and microphonic, mm-hmm. those three technologies, and they—I don't know when was it, late '90s, early 2000s, Greg, where they came out with a lot of different kinds of sensors, open area, rack aisle, um, different kinds mm-hmm. of ways of looking from different directions and time delays, and then be able to turn the sensor off and it stays off, turn it on and it's on, and now it's turning lights off and on, commissioning, calibration, all that sort of stuff. Now the latest thing is like addressability. 
right? The problem is, is that 90% of switched applications, people don't need to address them. They just want to go in the room, have the lights come on, be able to dim them very easily if they want, and when they leave, the lights go off. All of this can be accomplished with a 2001 basic sensor package, line voltage, with a dimmer to the lights. Correct. Okay? So when you have people, like I, I, one of my friends was building a house, and not a 15,000 square foot house, but he was building a two, two and a half bedroom bungalow mm -hmm. in Stouffville. Okay. And he's like, my contractor wants me to put in X person's lighting system. I said, don't do that. Just do it this way. Right. And I he came over to my house and I have sensor, dimmer, lights, sensor, dimmer, lights. My kids have never turned off a light switch yeah, in their perfect. lives. Okay. Never. Like my kids will never turn off a light switch and they never have, and they never will probably in their own homes. But, um, what I'm saying is that the introduction of complexity and the introduction of control increases cost and lowers customer satisfaction. That is my belief. And I think the lighting industry is on a path. Uh, there are some, so there are some uh, applications, Greg, very, very large warehouses where Bluetooth mesh networks and addressability will do a lot to allow people to save energy and manage their lighting systems better, understand burnouts. Like, for example, if you're managing 20,000 roadway lights, it sure would be nice to know which ones are burned out uh, and all exactly. that sort of Without stuff. Without having to drive a truck down the road. Exactly. Sure. Those are... Oh, wait, till, wait till somebody calls in. Right. But to say that that should cascade through the remainder of lighting applications just because... Greg, you have a addressability on your phone for your home, right? For your light bulbs in your house? Yeah. Do you ever use I do. it? Uh, sometimes, not often, <laughs> but do sometimes. Have, do you have a dimmer on the wall? Do you ever do it not to demo it to somebody? Have you ever done it when it wasn't a demo for me or one of your friends? <laughs> for for my house, I use it more for my business. I have color changing and all that is, I've only used it for demo purposes, not yeah. the circadian rhythm that it's supposed to do for me. Yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. That's a, no, that's a whole other can of whoop-ass we don't want to open yeah, up yeah. right now, circadian rhythm. But, uh, <laughs> I'm the, I'm the circadian Canadian Mark, but, uh. The, you know, I, I think that the introduction of complexity. So when you're doing these systems, are you introducing simplicity into it? A hundred percent. So that I have a property manager in the building that is managing the property. That's their job. They're, they're employed by the condo to do this. In the end, they don't want to read meters. They don't want to send bills. They don't want to take care of issues that, with the charging. They don't want to do anything. They have, they're very busy already. They've got plenty to do. I want to make sure all of this happens and everybody's happy. The EV owner just plugged in his car and when he plugged in his car, he got billed for what he what he used. That money got collected and all that happened is one day that money just showed up in the bank account at the condo court and that's it. So you're handling that as well. You're handling the financial Again, the, side when of you it. say handling, we well, you're putting we, the pieces not, together. Yeah, we're bringing we're bringing the team together to make this happen. Yeah. Everything some things don't make sense for us to do. Some things are better to find an expert that's doing this of particular course. piece and, and that's perfectly fine for us. I don't know that's always makes sense, but a lot of it is we are able to do in house both the education piece. Yeah, I don't and, I don't make the, the sockets that go in the light fixtures that I put in. I don't make right. the light fixtures either. I Got don't make it. the tubes either. There's a point at which what you're doing is putting together a package. You're what you're doing, Mark, is you're merchandising. Perfect. I never heard that before, but that's great. Yeah. You're merchandising, right? So it's like nobody wants to go buy a patty and a piece of cheese and a bun and put it together. Well, this is what was happening, right? They would have three contractors. You're putting a door operator in, as an example. A door operator needs a door operator, 
it needs an electrician to do, put the power to it, and it needs somebody to interconnect the uh, the strike for the sure. door. Well, I go to places, and they've called the door operator company. They've called the alarm company about the strike, and they're calling me about the electric. Well, if I could just do all that, which is exactly what we do, if I could just do all that together for you, you're a property manager. You're thrilled because even if you got everything worked out, now you'd have to figure out who to call first and when to call them. That doesn't make any sense. That's merchandising. Yeah, that's that we. That's so you're you're packaging up something into a a purchase one multiple units into one personal one purchasable unit. All right, your door is fixed. Exactly. You plug in the car, the charger's there, and the money lands in somebody's account. Because the goal is if I if I serve the needs of this property manager, and we have hundreds of them, if I serve the needs of this property manager and I solve what they need, they'll just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Well, that's a lesson in business, Greg. Uh, I think he. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, a yeah, good way to put it. So, <laughs> I like the idea, and I think we're wrapping it up here. But I like the idea of this of this design build model is what I'm calling it, and where you're you're handing the person all the boxes checked that 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 come with electric vehicle charging stations or another one of these things. Hmm. Um, is there any final comments on that? Signature Electric, Mark Marmer. <laughs> Thanks very much for throwing the, the company name and my name sure. in at the end. No, I've enjoyed the, the conversation. And I think that we opened up a, a whole bunch of little boxes that if we thought it was interesting, we could talk about it uh, at some future date, maybe in a little more detail, or even look at this system in more detail with the EVs. Or let's sure. talk about, you asked me how these batteries are going to fit in. Maybe there's a way to talk about that. And I think uh, I think that's, people are interested in these kind of things. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be talking about them. I know our audience is interested in this. We did another, I went to the electric vehicle uh, show in Canada last year. Uh, in Quebec City? Uh, no, it was in Ottawa. Okay, go ahead. It was in Ottawa. And... Um, the uh, and Mississauga this coming year. We'll take is you, it? Yeah, I'll take you along. Perfect. We the uh, minister of uh, no the CEO of this is really interesting. The CEO of um, Ontario Power Generation, Greg. Mm-hmm. So the guy that manages all of Ontario's electrical electricity producing infrastructure. Correct. Okay, got on the stage and he said, Ontario first of all is a green electricity jurisdiction. It's mostly nuclear, hydro. Wind with a little bit of gas, no coal. Correct. Okay. And he said, Ontario pays more for energy than most other jurisdictions because of this. Mm-hmm. But if we were to adopt electric vehicle charging, electric vehicles in Ontario, the price of energy would go down. Yep. And I thought that was incredible. And the reason why is because Ontario has more energy than it needs and it has to give it away or sell it at a loss. So we, to other we, jurisdictions. The, next, the next show, you know, to start and you ask me about. Energy storage. How are we going to make? Because that's the piece. That's if you got what he was saying. That's the piece, right? Energy, electricity. We You're make it. Store it in cars. We could. No, but that's where I, it's going to go. Uh, like not necess- I don't think. I don't think it necessarily will be. Yeah. But I, we just met last week on Wednesday. We just met with the government of Canada regarding their initiatives for battery storage, or not battery storage, energy storage. That has been the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast with Mark Marmer Marmer from Signature Electric here in <laughs> Toronto. I hope you folks enjoy the conversation. Really technical, a little outside the lighting field, but I think most of us in the lighting business are a little bit interested in that. Greg, thank you, and thanks for listening, folks. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Thank you. Keystone Technologies. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. That's KeystoneTech.com. Light made easy, Greg. Yeah, see, when you look at that camera, I know you're not talking to me, so thank you on that one. The, uh, 
The washdown LED high bay fixture comes in 150 watts, which is about 19,500, 19,800 lumens, which easily replaces a 400-watt metal halide, which is what is in a lot of these applications. Uh, it's 4,000 Kelvin or 5,000 Kelvin, IP69 rated, 69K rated, which is wet location for high-pressure cleaning. You can splash that thing with water, clean it out, and it's a nice, sleek-looking fixture that provides a lot of light and perfect for that application. So go to keystonetech.com. You know, uh, easy mounting as well with the six-foot cord. Come on, man. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H dot com. Late Made Easy. Of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. We're members. You should be. Well, I mean, I don't know if you should be a member. Not everybody that listens to this podcast is eligible to be a member of Nailed. But if you're a distributor, man, this is your association. This is the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. If that's your association, you should apply to join. You can't promise we're going to let you in. But if you're a distributor, this is your association. Why not join? Why not have your voice? Um, we're going to be doing a lot of, um, I don't know if lobbying is the right word. I said lobbying before, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it's more, we want to be at the decision table if they're going to regulate this industry. We want to seat at the table. Yes. That's right. And that's what we want. And we want to be able to say, hey, because look, we don't want to tell anyone what to do. We just think that there's information that we have that, that, that our members have that the decision makers need. I mean, Trump came out, they, uh, last, Trump came out and said he looks yeah. better under LED, under incandescent bulbs and LED bulbs. Maybe he does. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's up to him. But, um, you know, I think we can help the, the, you know, we can, I don't know if we can help. Yeah, we can help. We can add our voice to those stakeholder meetings and say, look, this is what you need to know about what light bulbs people buy every day, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, so I, I think that, so you can join that. We're going to set up a committee, a uh, government relations committee. Uh, I think I know who the chair might be. And um, hmm, 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 I don't know. And of course, uh, we want to thank Mark Marmer for coming on the show. Uh, love guys that share their knowledge like that, Greg. Just love a guy who's so confident and he's not afraid to just come out and say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Um, no trade secrets, but just, you know, some information for people to understand that industry more. Yeah, it was a great discussion and something, like you said, a little different than lighting, but uh, same idea and uh, same sales process, not process. Well, <clears throat> uh, it's metal halide, not halide. <laughs> okay. So take that. <laughs> but also, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of the people that sell electric vehicle charging stations and stuff like that also sell LEDs. Mm -hmm. And Makes most sense. people that are lighting distributors only sell lighting. So it's interesting. Maybe we should get ourselves some electric vehicles, charging stations on the showroom floor. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's for me. You? Not for me, but maybe somebody out there, at least at this point. Well, that whole podcast out. started because he's actually a customer of Atlas. So he does, mm -hmm. he services condos. And one of the things he does is, is he uh, installs electric vehicle charging stations, but he also buys ballasts and lamps from us. And uh, sure. so I was over there and, and, you know, I said, you know, he goes, ah, I don't really like lighting retrofits. I said, that's because it's not complicated enough. <laughs> <For him. laughs> and and uh, it's like, I, that's too complicated for me, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Thanks for listening, folks. Written on the rectory wall 
There's a sign there for all. You are lost, Lord is there to find you. 